we didn't quite uh, didn't quite bring it home over the weekend in terms of the Funfar Beer Olympics, <laughs> which are always a fun time. I don't know if we talked. Did we mention it on the show? I don't think we did. We did not. Um, our, our good friend Kirk, uh, of course, is the host of uh, the Funfar Beer Olympics. Every year, right around the 4th of July, um, a bunch of people go over to Kirk's and have a crazy-ass Beer Olympics party, and there's always a theme. And uh, very exciting. This is the fourth, fourth year uh, that it's taken place. I think I've been to three of them now. Yeah, that's my second. You've been to two. Um, This year was uh, America slash drinking puns. And ours, well, ours was literally the best because we did win the (laughs) costume contest. That's all I figured we'd win. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, anyone who knows me knows that our team wasn't going to win any drinking games. (laughs) And uh, we got kind of deep, but, um, you know, not as far as we wanted to go. But I will say I'm very proud of our team. Ruth Bader Ginsbeer mm-hmm. for bringing home the costume contest championship, uh, which won us uh, some pretty cool beer drinking hats. So that was that was well worth what we spent on our costumes. It was. Um, if you are wondering what Ruth Bader Ginsbeer looks like, folks, uh, make sure you check the Twitter page. Uh, Seth is going to put up a picture of us in our costumes. I shall. Uh, and I do have to give you a shout out, Seth. That was uh, that was your idea. Usually I'm the pun master, but this, this time you... <laughs> This time you came through and, and locked us in a, a costume contest victory. I did. And I even took it to another level, like Inception, because I was uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's beard and you were Ruth Bader Ginsburg's black. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, – if we were a rap duo, it would be perfect. <laughs> it's like we're all Run DMC, but like I'm Rev Run and you're uh, – I don't know any other members of Run DMC. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the name of the album would be Drinking in the Justice. Drinking in the Justice. Well, you thought this way farther out than I am. No, that that one was right off the right off the dome. That was just now. Yeah. Holy shit! Seth is ad libbing today. We're in trouble, <laughs> folks. We are in trouble. It's episode fifty-one of the SoCo Show. Seth Ott is sitting across from me. And who are you? I have no idea who I am. <laughs> well, uh, I'll I'll lead into this with a little explanation. So, of course, the last month you've been squirrel balls, right? Or squirrel nuts? Squirrel, squirrel nuts. nuts. Come on, man. You yeah, were sorry, sorry, squirrel nuts. And so I decided that I, I feel like if we're going to continue this, uh, that there might need to be a, a bit of a theme to your nicknames in terms of the... Uh, well, this is the last month this is happening, so... In, in terms of the genitals. And uh, one that made me laugh last week uh, in terms of the chic tweets was a term that he's used a few times now, which is raisin balls. <laughs> uh, are you about to... Is this? Do I have to call myself raisin balls? <laughs> so you're raisin balls for the next month. Ah, uh, that that's yeah okay okay <laughs> that that's fitting I guess. Uh, by the way, still very upset about that Mamma Mia equalizer <laughs> bullshit that you pulled last week. Uh, I still think that I was going to lose either way. Here uh, we go again. You had a you had an answer. You were prepared to flip regardless of. I it. was not going to. I am not going to let that ever go. If you would have gotten. Uh, Mamma Mia, here we go again. And you would have, well, you would have had to have gotten the full title. Here's the thing: you uh, you had already decided that you wanted to see some raisin balls, and so <laughs> you found a way to make that happen. I got respect for that. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. No, but, I wasn't uh, cheating. I'm just saying. Uh, I, I'm calling bullshit on it. But that said, I am also a good sport. So uh, once again, I will welcome in everybody to episode 51 of the SoCo Show. This is, of course, Raisin Balls, <laughs> and I am joined as always by Seth Ott. We have uh, an action-packed show for you today. We're going to get some news. We're going to review some stuff. 
A lot of fun things to talk about in the NBA, so we'll get to that in sports. Um, But before we get into any of that, Seth, are we going to hear from the Iron Sheik or from Gary Busey this week? Sheik it, baby! I call you a punk! So as we know, living in the United States right now, it's been very hot, right? It's been very hot, very sweaty. Uh, someone say that there's a, a little bit of moist raisin balls in the air. Um, <laughs> oh, there's one over here. <laughs> but uh, the Sheik, he's not a fan of the heat either. You know, he's 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 kind of a bigger guy. Uh, he's carrying a lot of, around a little extra poundage, and so the the summer is not always his favorite season, uh, as can be described by his one of his latest tweets. Fuck the sun in the ass. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Just to be certain. S-U-N. Right? Yeah. Okay, okay. I was going to, I don't want to laugh if it was spelled the other way. So we kind of no. fucked up. But I do agree with you, Iron Sheik. Fuck the sun in the ass. Um, but only only a little bit, because if the sun was gone, so would we be. So I, I don't know how much the Sheik knows about astronomy, but the sun true. is very important. Well, a, uh, I never thought that when I took the classes, human sexuality and science, or uh, more specifically astronomy in school, that they would ever cross over. But they certainly did today in Sheik Tweets. Damn it! That's in my TV corner. No! That's later. (laughs) But they certainly did today in Sheik Tweets. I call you a punk! (laughs) You gotta keep that in. I don't... I I have done that too many... I don't think it's funny anymore. Oh, it's hilarious. Well, we're gonna keep it in. If you guys enjoy having me fuck up the soundboard, uh, I swear to God, every time it's been by accident. But if you... If you... you, uh, enjoy me fucking up the soundboard and don't want us to edit it out, then uh, let us know on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth Oaden, at Soko Show Pod. Well, I know uh, Jared has. He's texted us before. About he it. thinks it's funny. Yeah, he's a sadist, though. So, um, Of course, you know, we can't mention Jared without... At Jared Buckingham. So make sure you go give him a follow on YouTube. We're going to get to Audible in just a second, but I do, first of all, want to uh, apologize to our listeners for the delay yeah. in last week's episode 50. Um, it just dropped uh, this morning on uh, Tuesday the 3rd, so we appreciate your patience uh, in getting to that episode. We got into a little bit of a dispute with uh, with our editor, and Seth, you chronicled the whole thing on Twitter. I did. He's being a little jackass. Being a little prick. Well, you know what? I think that I... In order to defend him, because he's not here to defend himself, so I think in order to come to his defense, I will say that we do put a lot of demand on the editor, and uh, sometimes he's in a time crunch, and life happens, you know? So sometimes, uh, you know, just for example, the editor uh, might get drunk and leave his computer at a bar and and not be able to get to the podcast for a couple days. (laughs) These are the kind of things that happen, is what I'm saying. So I'm hoping that everyone is able to empathize with our editor and uh, not give him too much shit. Um, on Twitter or uh, on our email at uh, socoshow91 at gmail.com. Just, just, again, show some empathy, people. He's just a man, and uh, he can't do everything. Plus, I will say, uh, I did talk to him, and he was pretty annoyed with some of the editing that he had to do last week. Do you know what I'm referring to? I do not. <laughs> you don't. Um, so last week, of course, uh, we played the second edition of the new release rectal exam. <laughs> And uh, our, our good friend, the editor, had to come up with a sounder for the rectal exam. And you had a request. Uh, we had a request, I should say. We had a request of the editor to uh, come up with a specific sounder. And uh, th- for those who may have missed last week's episode, here that sounder is. 
Which is definitely hilarious, but <laughs> literally, think, but I think uh, what I want to point out is that I did like I spoke to the editor and he told me that he had to listen to like ten minutes of just fart, <laughs> just fart tracks to get the farts that would match up with that. Uh, and I think for one thing that he did an excellent job. But uh, I'm just uh, what I'm saying is people that editing is is a very important part of our process and it doesn't always go perfectly and it sometimes takes a little bit of time so. <laughs> Uh, have a little bit of empathy for uh, for our main guy, the editor, and uh, show him a little appreciation on the tweets or something. I feel like basically the the essence of the SoCo show is fart tracks. So, yeah, that's true. I guess the editor always does have to listen to your voice. Oh, so maybe the farts were a nice reprieve from him. Okay, let's move on. Raising balls. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Of course, we got to talk about Audible. Uh, you're going to find a link in the description box, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. If you go there, you're going to find uh, a way to get 30 free days of Audible. Ah, free! Yeah, I, I, I said it a weird way, so I don't I don't uh, blame you for missing that one because I have empathy and people make mistakes. Um, uh, 30 days and, of course, your first book credit for free as well. Free? So uh, get out there. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description uh, for all of those goodies. And we sure do love Audible, don't we, buddy? Oh, God, it's my favorite. Uh, it, I, you know what? I definitely don't love Google Play Books more. He doesn't. Uh, and and he, he wanted to for the sake of being an asshole, um, but he just keeps coming back to Audible, uh, just like the rest of us do. It is the number one uh, place to stream books. So uh, make sure you check it out one last time. That's audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Are we playing games this week? We got we got a game. For a whole year, I concentrated equally on two things: fucking and cock-flavored lollipop. Oh, yeah, sex. Our podcast is yeah, gross. sex. It, is it just gr- occurred to me like it's gross. Ah, uh, it's, <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> I. Just, <laughs> we're just we're not mature. Is the thing. <laughs> we're we're just not. We're not, it, and that's no. that's okay. I have fun. I just it just really it just just occurred to me. <laughs> <laughs> really, in the last couple minutes, I was like, "Oh, this is oh, okay." Let's let's go on. Um, the game, of course. Are is you telling me we're not going to win any podcast awards anytime I soon? I mean, we might, we might, but probably not. Uh, it'll probably be like in the sixteen to nineteen year old mm-hmm. uh, age bracket, and that's okay because people don't know who how old we are. I really and think they probably you're, suspect I'm in that age group. You're probably. I think you're overestimating the age group there. I think it'd be closer to like the twelve to thirteen year old age group. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, some people never change, and sometimes that's okay. Yeah. Let's get into the game. We're, we're talking, of course, the game that's sweeping the nation is Rip Torn or Dirty Porn. <laughs> Rip Torn or Dirty Porn. Jesse Jones. Jesse Jones? Jesse Jones. Jesse Jones. Jesse Jones. Jesse Jones. Jesse Jones. I'm going to say that's Rip Torn. Rip Torn, huh? Yes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that's see you know what I should have thought more about it because it sounds like two too normal names yeah yeah that's that's a, that's a porn name I, has it been like three porn names in a row no it's been this is the second one oh yeah. well Jesse Jones is a porn name and I suspect you're gonna tell us what he's been in of course um I didn't realize that there's an about section on uh, 
on because I, I looked these all up on browse, browsers. Browsers, of course, the IMDb of pornography. Yeah. Uh, so there's apparently there's synopsis slash biographies of these people. Um, I'll just do I'll do the first two sentences because it's pretty funny. All right. If you want a little peek into the life of Pierce Swagger, check out Jesse Jones, one of the newest coxmen in the game. Ooh, coxman. When this swinging dick isn't busy ripping around California on his Honda racing bike or plowing fresh pussy all day and night, you can find him parting like a porn star. Isn't, isn't, whatever he said, something about fresh pussy day and night, isn't that how you party like a porn star? Or what is there in addition to that that he's out there doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I want to know. That sounds awful. When he isn't drilling the hottest ladies around with his massive cock, Jesse unwinds by chilling with the bros, playing mini golf, and going on adventures. Mini golf? That's really specific. That cannot be in your bio unless you play a lot of mini golf. That's what this guy does. He fucks on camera, rides his motorcycle, and plays mini golf. That actually kind of sounds like a fun life. <laughs> What's this guy been in? Uh, all right. Some of the some of my favorite titles. I'll take it thick and creamy. The morning after mess. Fucking millennials! Exclamation <laughs> point. Wonder what happens in that one. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. A well, mature magic, I guess, is a good one. Mature magic. A hyphen mature magic. Oh, amateur. Oh, I yeah, guess that's a kind of a pun, huh? That's a it's a porn. Porn pun. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, Co. Uh, sorry, that was a good one. Raisin balls. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so of course, what we learned today was that Jesse Jones uh, likes mini golf, and uh, it sounds like mature amateur ladies in his uh, in his pornography movies. So uh, <laughs> I'm really glad that, that we got to talk about that this week in another edition of Rip Torn or Dirty Porn. For a whole year, I concentrated equally on two things: fucking and cock flavored lollipop. Oh, yeah, sex. <laughs> Lots of great stuff in the show today. Like we mentioned at the top, we got some reviews, we got some news, but we're going to start with a big shakeup in the NBA. It is sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. LeBron James. We went, two week, I think, one or two weeks without talking about him, uh, but now he's back on top of the news. One thing that we forgot to mention before we jump into a lot of the free agency news that has happened, LeBron did not win the MVP this year. Uh, instead, it went to James Harden. And this goes back a week or two. At least one James won it. Yeah, yeah. LeBron James Harden. and uh, Maybe they got confused. I think they did. I think they thought that they were going by the first names instead mm-hmm. of the last names. And so they accidentally chose James Harden. And the reason I think that that's a mistake is because LeBron had more points, assists, block steals, rebounds, and probably every other fucking major statistic than James Harden. He was literally objectively more valuable to his team <laughs> than James Harden. But the NBA does not want to give... LeBron, the MVP. Why the fuck is this? Do you have any idea? Can you, can you, I think you're in agreement with me, but is there any world in which you can justify James Harden winning it over LeBron? It's because the NBA wants Michael Jordan to be the best of all time. Oh my God. (laughs) Get out of here, NBA. I'm just saying, get over yourselves, NBA. You're giving MVPs to Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and fucking Russell Westbrook, who was on a shit team last year. And now Harden. Now the, the problem with this is that they need to decide on what valuable means, okay? Because three years ago, they gave it to the scoring champion, Kevin Durant, or however many years ago that was. He was a scoring champion. They gave it to him. Um, I think uh, Steph Curry was the scoring champion when they gave it to him. Then Russell Westbrook comes out and scores a bunch of triple doubles. Then he gets it. And then, so uh, what's the natural thing to do if you're LeBron? Get a bunch of stats, 
right? So he leads the league, or is close to leading the league, definitely leads James Harden in every statistic, and still doesn't win. So what is it that you need, what do you need to do? What do you need to do to win the MVP other than just not be LeBron James? I don't get it. Not be LeBron James. I guess that's it. I don't know. I mean, the guy's won four MVP. He's won four MVPs. He should have nine by now. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't win it every year. And all these other, everyone's always bitching about how LeBron is surrounded by all these great players and stuff. And look who's won it in the last few years. Steph Durant, when he was with Westbrook. Um, I'll give you that Westbrook didn't have a ton around him, but he did have a decent little team around him. Um, and now uh, LeBron, with his one of his worst teams as a pro, did what he did this season, got him to a four seed, and he's not the MVP. Take mm. LeBron off that team, they don't win 30 games. That's value to me. I don't... I don't get it. I'm going to get off my soapbox here because we have much, much other stuff to talk about. But I just I was very pissed when I read that. And of course, it was a foregone conclusion. Everyone knew that that was going to happen. But mm-hmm. even so, just get your shit right, NBA. And post like uh, ex post facto, just give LeBron all the MVPs because he's <laughs> the MVP of your entire league right now. <sighs> OK, exhale. Um, LeBron has a new team. Uh, last week he opted out of the player option of his Cavaliers contract. Seattle Supersonics. And a couple, those Sonics don't exist, but uh, <laughs> the LA Lakers do. And LeBron has now signed, uh, I think it was a very similar deal to that of our editor. Uh, <laughs> four, four years, $130 million. $154. $154 million. So a very lucrative contract for Max Mr. deal. Games. That is a max deal, of course. Uh, what's been interesting, though, Seth, is who has been joining him and not joining him. So what else have we heard in terms of uh, free agent moves here? Paul George, two first names, so that's always good. Also, uh, both Beatles members. <laughs> uh, he surprisingly resigned with the Thunder. The Thunder! Here's the Thunder! Um, for another Max deal as well, same same contract. Um, not, not many people thought he'd do that. Uh, Chris Paul did the same thing with the Rockets which people assumed that would happen. Boogie Cousins, Snot Cousins. <laughs> Gross. Resigned, or signed with the Warriors uh, on a one-year, like, $5 million deal. Yeah, he's taking pennies. To, um, and, and I know people are like, $5 million isn't pennies. In the NBA, it is, because yeah. Curry's on that team making $40 million. Yeah. I also didn't know, though, that he won't be playing probably till December because he tore his uh, Achilles this year. So... That could also be a reason why he didn't sign for a bunch of money. That does track you. So, uh, what else? Some uh, guy De- DeAndre Jordan. Um, he was one of the potential options to be joining out. to be joining uh, LeBron in LA, but he's now going to the Mavericks. Oh, he signed officially. Yeah, DeAndre okay. Jordan uh, uh, with the Mavericks. Now, I think he got a big fat contract also. So, uh, Durant re-signed. He's got a big fat deal again with the Warriors. So he's sticking around. So those were a lot of the big players who were rumored to potentially be in talks with LeBron about meeting in L.A. Um, I got to admit, I was a little bit disappointed that Paul George isn't making the move. Uh, I kind of expected that. I was really looking forward to that um, combination with him and James. But we did get um, a few moves. There have been some, uh, some folks migrating to L.A., of course, after the James trade. Um, uh, maybe the most, uh, most popular of which was Rajon Rondo who, uh, of course, was a part of those really great Celtics teams about a decade ago that used to beat up on LeBron. Uh, One of the better point guards of the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, Has aged quite a bit, um, but still a very, very pure point guard. One of the few few left in the NBA. So Rondo joins the Lakers, as well as Lance Stevenson, 
who you may remember from the Indiana Pacers as kind of just, a, he's like a troll. He's he like blew on LeBron. Troll. Yeah, he blows in LeBron's ear when he guards him and uh, like unties guys' shoes and shit. So he's just like, he's, he's, a, he's the kind of guy you definitely want on your team, but you don't want to play against. Kind of reminds me of Draymond Green. Um, big defensive focus. He's more of a guard. Uh, where LeBron, uh, sorry, Draymond is more of a forward. So Lance Stevenson, a big uh, defensive presence on uh, the new Lakers, as well as JaVale McGee, who is a big monster dude, and he will play um, in the center. So um, <clears throat> got some size and some defense, two things that LeBron is not very used to having on his teams. Um, now that said, not really any star power on this team. Um, it the, the LeBron MO has has been and seems to be continuing to be um, aging role players who are willing to take less pay. So right now you have LeBron, a few of these aging guys, and a few of the high draft picks that the Lakers have had in recent years. Including they also the, the Lakers also drafted Mo Wanger. They did draft Mo Wanger. Yes, I, and I do love Mo Wanger um, <laughs> to go with my raisin balls. And <laughs> so you got Mo Wanger on there. Of course, you have Lonzo Ball. A um, couple other a couple Wanger other and Ball. Picks. Yeah, it's like a. <laughs> Wanger and Ball, that's actually pretty fucking great. Um, what we don't know yet is, will there be a trade happening for the Lakers? It does sound like Kawhi Leonard um, and the Spurs are still in talks, um, and there potentially could be a trade between the Spurs and Lakers to move Kawhi over to L.A. Let me ask you this, Seth. Um, I know that the West is tough this year. How badly does LeBron need Kawhi in L.A. if he's going to make a mark this season? I think if he's going to beat the Warriors, he needs Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I think he can definitely make the playoffs with the team he has now, uh, but I, I I definitely don't give him a shot a shot at all with the team he has now against the Warriors. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I they're they're probably a playoff team right now, um, but man, the West is tough. The West is tough. Um, you had last year, I think the T Wolves were the eight seed, and that was a damn good team and a tough young team that will be back. So they're going to need to be good. It's not the East anymore, LeBron. Um, Every every there's gonna be a lot of really good, really competitive primetime games throughout the season. Uh, the regular season is gonna be important now that the West is so crowded. This does open up things in the East for teams like uh, the Celtics and the 76ers, who um, are also making uh, some lower profile moves. But it seems like those will be the two teams that are really gonna square off uh, potentially in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think they're the biggest benefactors of this LeBron trade because if those two teams can move smoothly through the East. Then whichever them, whichever one of them comes out of the East to the finals, mm-hmm. will have had a much easier path and much more rest, I imagine, than whoever comes out of the West, because that's going to be a brutal playoff. Something I'm definitely already looking forward to. Yeah. But uh, as it has been in recent memory, uh, that West is shaping up to be very scary. Truth. So a lot going on in the NBA right now. Of course, we still have a few months until the season starts, but we got one question answered, and probably the most important question, and that is that LeBron will be, of course, a Laker next year. So uh, we're very excited to see how that goes. I'm glad I can start buying some Laker swag again. I haven't ha- owned any Lakers gear in probably 15 years. So um, excited to get back on that old bandwagon. Of course, I am a LeBron fan, so you can shit on me all you want, Internet. I will be rooting for the Lakers this season. Um, well, speaking of shit, <laughs> this week... Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> probably the biggest news, even bigger than LeBron James signing with the Lakers... Uh, the biggest news comes out of the NFL this week, where we learned that Tom Brady eats ass. <laughs> As all great men do. Tom Brady loves to eat the booty. I, I, how, how, how did the internet find this out, Seth? 
Well, so Barstool Sports, which, of course, they put funny posts online, posted a picture of a couple hippopotamuses, um, one Hippo, hippo. Hippopotami? Hippopotamies? <laughs> to describe this photo, a couple of hippopotamuses are in some, some nice dirty water, and one is has a head down drinking the water, and the other one on the left-hand side is got his entire mouth open on the other one's butthole. Um, <laughs> and uh, the caption to this says, as soon as Bay gets off the shower, hashtag ass eaten I don't know what S-Z-N means. Season. Season, okay. Ass eaten season. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> and uh, the second comment comes from the official Instagram account of one Tom Brady, number 12 from the Patriots. And it says, three crying emojis and yep <laughs> <laughs> yep so yeah just that depicted just as that so uh again as we learned this week tom brady you're an ass eater and i think that a lot of people are putting this in a negative context but i say you eat that ass tom brady eat that ass and to all the to all the haters out there who say you're gross for eating ass tom brady if you were with giselle you'd probably eat that ass too oh yeah a lot of people would probably pay to eat that ass so, Tom Brady, you do you. Please that woman however it is she needs it. I, I'm with you, Tom. <laughs> um, one last bit of news I have in the sports world. Um, yeah, not not a whole lot going on in the NFL right now. We're, we're getting closer to the training camps here soon. But uh, one player that looks like they won't be attending camp is one Cam Chancellor. Uh, sounds like he is going to be retiring from bye bye. Good football. Bye-bye. Good uh, due to due to some neck injuries, so another blow to that Seattle defense. They're yeah. fucked. They're still fucked. They're gonna be yeah. terrible. Yeah, you got aging Earl Thomas and and uh, yeah, I mean they have they have some linebackers, decent linemen, but as a whole, right now it's it's not looking good for them. The Legion of Boom is effectively gone. Yeah, and that was and this I think is is a testament to how how small your windows are in the NFL mm-hmm. because three years ago they were the shit. They mm-hmm. were the best unit in the NFL and now they're all gone. Yep. But yeah, that kind of sucks to see a player go out like that, not on their own terms, but with a neck thing. But at the same time, he's a lot of his neck injuries are because he laid some people out with some dirty plays at times. So I was going to say, his <laughs> job is to cannonball himself into tight ends, so I'm not surprised that he's got neck problems. Yeah. He's been, he does have a history of some dirty hits. So, Well, uh, one, one thing to wrap up sports, and this is, um, you know, a different sport than what we usually talk about, but we are, of course, fans of the WWE. We've mentioned it very briefly um, on a couple of podcasts, and I only bring it up here uh, in order to give a shout-out to our friend Travis Horn, who uh, was featured this week on an episode of Monday Night Raw, where he got to be an extra um, because of his, I believe, because of his connections with uh, Seth Rollins' uh, is it Black and Brave? The Black and Brave Wrestling School. Black and Brave Wrestling School. So Raw was passing through town, and Travis got an opportunity to... Um, to be a part of Raw, which is really cool. So um, I think uh, we had some uh, – Travis had posted some pictures on Twitter. Maybe we can retweet those from the SoCo Show account and give him a shout-out. So um, he, Travis, of course, is a wrestler um, in the eastern and central Iowa um, and a couple a couple promos. I think he's a tag team champion right now in one of them, or at least was recently. So mm-hmm. um, check him out. He goes by the name JT Energy. Um, he's got a lot of merch and stuff online. Maybe we'll link to some of his stuff. Uh, in the description box so check him out uh, an old friend of ours uh, from iowa state and uh, just a cool guy doing what he likes to do so we're all excited to give him a shout out for some uh, some exciting uh an exciting uh, addition to what has been a fun little wrestling career for him so far so um more uh, more luck to travis and uh, and may check his stuff out go go to hit his links down in the box below from there let's jump over 
to video games. Video games. Wow. 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 <laughs> uh, well, I guess kind of a, a franchise that relates to that Crash Bandicoot in terms of just nostalgia and old purposes. Uh, we got some casting news for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> uh, that has been in the works for a while. Animated movie, of course. Although it'd be really way cooler if it was live action. Because uh, Jim, Jim Carrey has been cast as Dr. Robotnik, uh, the villain. And I would love to see him dressed up in a real Dr. Robotnik costume. That'd be hysterical because he's like unrealistically shaped. Mm-hmm. Like he's a fat guy, but he's almost a perfect sphere. Mm-hmm. So that'd be really entertaining to see Drew, uh, Drew Carey. <laughs> it'd be really entertaining. Trying to put the pounds back on Drew, huh? <laughs> it'd be entertaining to see Jim Carrey in that. But I think even just lending his voice, he'll be fantastic at that. Yeah. It'll be fun because he's kind of had some ups and downs recently in his career. And so I I think this is kind of just a fun thing to do, almost like Grinchy, you know, Mm -hmm. like just fun, crazy, weird stuff to kind of get him back in maybe more of a a popular light again. So I really wish uh, that this was live action also so that we could see a real live action hedgehog playing (laughs) Sonic. I think that'd be very entertaining. Where were we? Was it, I think, a baseball game and we saw a kid wearing a Sonic the Hedgehog hat? Have Have we told the story about... You as a kid? I don't know. if we, Should we tell now? Yeah. So uh, when I was a kid, I was in kindergarten. And you remember those big ass, they were like 30 <laughs> inches across, those big ass um, search and find books? Yeah. Okay. So I was obsessed with those. So I, um, I, would, I, would, I would look through all of them. I like had a, most of them memorized. And my favorite one was Sonic the Hedgehog. So you had to look through and look for Sonic and Tails and Knuckles and uh, Dr. Robotnik, of course. So um, through getting really into the search and find book... I got really obsessed with Sonic the Hedgehog. And so much so that I decided that I wanted my name to be Sonic. And part of it was because I love Sonic so much. And part of it was because I was the fastest kid in my class. And I was very proud of that. Um, When you're in kindergarten, that's very fucking important. Okay. So uh, my fast little ass was going to start calling myself Sonic. The problem is... Uh, as a five-year-old, I wasn't really sure of how to actually go about changing your own name. <laughs> and so what I just decided to do was start writing it on all of my papers when I passed them in. <laughs> and I'll never forget this. Uh, I had a spelling test, which I aced, by the way. I was a smart kid. And Spelled uh, Sonic, right, at least. I could spell farm and cow and, and I, I guess, like, pig, probably. And uh, our teacher, Mrs. Heller, was going through... The tests, and she's like, okay, Katie, here's yours. Ben, here's yours. And she looks at the next one, and she says, who is Sonic? (laughs) And I raised my little hand, and I said, that's me. I changed my name. (laughs) And she said, well, change it back. (laughs) And she handed me my paper, and I went over to my desk, and I was a little embarrassed. And uh, I'll also never forget this part. Uh, An old friend of ours, Brandon, was in that class, and he probably doesn't even remember this, but uh, as I'm walking away, he goes, dude, sweet name. <laughs> and uh, Sonic didn't stick. That was the only day I, I was able to use the name Sonic. Um, I'm pretty sure she told my parents to not let me do that because I was going to encourage other people to start calling themselves, like, Swag King Kong and, like, I don't know, Lando Calrissian and stuff like that in class, which was probably not going to be very cool. So. Well, I was really close to changing my name to my favorite uh, video game character, Earthworm Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Earthworm Jim. That would have been hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the story of the one day I got to live out my dream and, and have the name Sonic. So that was uh, that was fun. Yeah. Now the closest I get to it is eating or uh, rather drinking a milkshake at the restaurant Sonic. 
I think the last time we've had Sonic was like New Year's two years ago. That's definitely the last time I had Sonic. Yeah. yeah. And it was tasty. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, one other piece of video game slash entertainment news. Does this uh, relate to a story from my childhood? Because I'd love to tell another story of my up- upbringing. Well, you play the game in your in your childhood, but it's probably not going to relate to a good story. Uh, it is one of your favorite game franchises. Probably your favorite. Uh, the long the long talked about in production Halo series yes. uh, is now official. Uh, <laughs> it's been series ordered to Showtime. Is where it will be. Ten Steven- episodes, right? Uh, yes, and Steven Spielberg produced still. So I'm going to need to pay for Showtime. Yeah, luckily it's not that expensive. Yeah. Um, so Halo, by the way, if if you're one of those people who are like, I don't really like video games, I don't care. Watch Halo. Halo Halo has one of the most rich, um, just like worlds, and is so just like available to be made into a great TV. And of course, Spielberg is involved. This sh- this should be great. Um, even if you're not into video games, if you're at all into sci-fi or just like war stuff, like if you're one of those people who you don't like dragons except for that you're in Game of Thrones. Like, this is the kind of thing that I think could relate to those people. Like, even though you're maybe not into sci-fi, like, you don't like the whole Starship Troopers kind of thing, I think there will still be room for you to like Halo. Now, of course, this is all speculative because I don't know anything about the series. (laughs) But uh, there have been a lot of other cinematic-type things that have come out from the Halo universe, and they've all been good. So um, check this out. If you have Showtime or if you don't and you want to start a free trial at some point, um, keep an eye out. Showtime.com slash Soko. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have that one. Don't search for that. You'll get a 404. Uh, address not found. Do we have a release date on Halo? No. Okay. Well, um, whenever it is, you'll hear it from us because I will be excited and I'll be watching that live on night one because I heart Halo. Well, a little bit of a uh, little bit of crossover between the TV and uh, video games portion of the show today. So let's uh, let's jump straight over into the TV area proper. That's what she said. TV. Of course, we're going to get to a TV corner in just a second. I have one bit of news here, and this is a delayed bit of news. Uh, I'm a, I learned about it recently, but I'm, I'm aware now that it actually happened a couple weeks ago. One of my favorite shows of last year um, is a Netflix original called American Vandal. And I know uh, you watched this one, didn't you, Seth? Mm-hmm. So this is a uh, – it's sort of a satire on the making a murderer kind of um, documentary type uh, show. And uh, we, we talked about it in a review. Um, I think you may have done a TV corner about it way, way back in the early episodes. No, you did it. You re- reviewed it first. and then I, I reviewed it first. I okay. did a little follow-up to it. Okay. Well, we've talked about it on the show. Um, one of my favorite shows that's come out at all in the last couple of years. And just did a really good job of being hilarious. And it took itself very seriously, even though it was funny. Um, which gave it a really fun dynamic and, and was really well made. Well, uh, Netflix has announced that season two of American Vandal will be happening as well. It's going to center on a different story, I believe. It's not going to continue with the same story from the uh, characters from last time. But um, as long as it brings the same, you know, the same style um, and some of the same ideas, then um, you know we will uh, we will see if that's going to be entertaining. Looking at an article here, uh, it doesn't sound like there's a release date announced yet. Um, it does sound like the two main characters who were the documentarians in the first season will be back cool. investigating a new crime. And those two are hilarious, by the way. I do so, like them, yeah. Um, I think they're going to be awesome. They're going to be investigating a new crime in season two. Nude uh, crime? I don't know. New, N-E-W. I bet boobs will be spray painted this time. 
<laughs> that would actually be pretty funny if they just redid the whole thing. With boobs. With boobs instead. Um, boobs. That would be great. But if you haven't, this is another chance for us to recommend this. If you haven't watched American Vandal and you like happiness at all, <laughs> then you need wow. to watch American Vandal. It is so goddamn funny. I, I laughed so hard in that show. Um, and I watched the entire thing on a plane. So um, get out there and watch American Vandal. And, and we're going to be keeping an eye out for season two. I'm watching dicks on a plane. <laughs> in a different way than normal. Yeah. This isn't a, a Jesse Jones. What? Oh, <laughs> I already <laughs> forgot. All righty. We're going from <laughs> dicks on Netflix to uh, trailers on TNT. I don't know. I couldn't relate that very well. Um, so kind of a TV. It's a limited series. Um, I hadn't heard about this, but I heard some cool things on Twitter about the trailer for the show. Limited series. Uh, it's a limited series called I Am the Night. I Am the Night. It's not Batman. It's not Batman. It's uh, Chris Pine starring in this show. Uh, it, is, it is directed by Patty Jenkins as well. She's. I think she's the whole thing. I think she's kind of like the whole quote-unquote showrunner behind it. So of Wonder Woman fame, fame um, which has that relation because he played Steve Trevor. Exactly. So... Uh, <laughs> so the it's kind of a shorter shorter trailer, maybe a minute and a half, two minutes. Um, it seems like it's going to be a very uh, mysterious kind of um, like murder, m- like a murder mystery type story, and, and it seems like there's like this town is covering things up. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to, to grasp exactly what it's going for. If it's going for like a horror tone, or if it's going to go for uh, like a mystery or straight up drama, but uh, I I really enjoy in general the kind of like these limited series runs that shows are that networks are starting to do uh, because it gives it gives really good actors like Chris Pine uh, the opportunity to kind of basically kind of like show their chops a little bit and sure. not ha- not have to uh, be committed for you know the multiple season run type thing mm-hmm. and, and and only you know eight episodes usually at a time eight ten episodes so uh it looks really interesting I'd, I'd, I'd recommend taking a look at the trailer just because you don't get a whole lot from it but it does have kind of like a, a cool you know murder mystery type thing it's got a cool aesthetic to it as well kind of like a, a darker grayish looking thing um could, could be really interesting so i'm going to give that a shot when it comes out but definitely check that out when you get a chance to, for that trailer well, Patty Jenkins and Chris Pine have me in, so yep. I'm going to definitely take a look at this. Maybe uh, if I can find the trailer, we'll link to it down below so you guys can check it out for yourselves as well. And we got one other small trailer this week, one of my favorite shows on TV right now, Better Call Saul. We talked about the release date coming out soon. Um, they uh, released a, a short teaser trailer. Uh, it seems like we're starting to get more and more of the the turn into into Saul Goodman as opposed to being Jimmy. Um, of course, we get some more... Gus Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito. <laughs> so you get to see more of him, uh, the Salamanca brothers from all from the Breaking Bad original run. You get to see that. Uh, it, it's it's going to be cool. I'm 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 excited to see more and more of this turn into to Saul Goodman. Of course, that means we might be getting closer and closer to the end of the show. But uh, you know, four four seasons is, is has been pretty strong so far, and uh, I'm excited to, to check this out uh, just a couple months away. So. Breaking Bad only went five, right? Yes, five. Yeah, so that, and actually, I mean, it's only a month away because I think it comes out like August eighth or fourth or something like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, a show doesn't have to be long to be great, and uh, I think that Gilligan, of course, has shown that with with Breaking Bad, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, sometimes a show can be too long, 
Um, of course, I'm speaking of The Walking Dead. So, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you're right. I think that it's sad that it's maybe starting to get to the end of his lifestyle. But I would I would wager that we're going to this is where it's going to get real fucking good. Yeah. No, it'll be cool to see him turn into that Saul. The Saul we all know. Saul then, good, man. <laughs> and then we got one other uh, release date of a another prequel, actually. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if it's a prequel or not, to be honest. I can't really tell. Uh, but we the the Sons of Anarchy spinoff, the Mayans, Mayans, Mayans MC, uh, will be premiering on FX uh, September 4th. So uh, that one I will check out. Uh, definitely, I think I've talked about in the past, Sons of Anarchy is one of my favorite series. Uh, of the past few years or so. So I'm excited to, to kind of see where they go with it. I, I honestly don't know if it is a prequel or if it's continuing on uh, what will be going on there. But there's a lot of Sons of Anarchy spinoffs uh, in, in the works and in talks right now. So uh, this is the first of them and, and uh, get to reunite with that Mayans club. So we'll see how that goes. I'm hoping the mics caught that motorcycle that just went by. As soon as you got done talking about the Mayans. Yeah, you were fucking mocking them, and here comes the Mayans. Yeah, well... You get your teeth stomped in. Well, I mean, fine. If that's how I need to go, <laughs> then fine. Because I, I... Well, I've talked before. I'm not going to go on another rant about how I don't like Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> that's all I got from the news. That's it for TV, um, but I suspect that you have watched some TV in the last week, Seth. I have. All right, well, we better get over to the TV corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Indeed. I never get sick of that one. I, I almost forgot about the Seth, I want to blow you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is pretty easy for me to forget. Um, so. That's a self-ginsburn. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I finished this week uh, the Netflix original series, season two, in the Marvel Universe of Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Sweet Christmas. So Luke Cage uh, picks up directly after the Defenders, uh, essentially. Um, Luke Cage is now the hero of Harlem. People, He walks around, around Harlem and people are celebrating him for helping save, the, save New York and, and help protect the streets of Harlem. Uh, we have... The main villain returning from last the first season, uh, Mariah Stokes and Shades. Shades is played by Theo Rossi, who is also in Sons of Anarchy. Another r- relate back to Sons of Anarchy. He was Juice, Juice. in that show. Anyway, uh, of course we have have a kind of a host of returning characters from this season. Uh, the first season I didn't know, but uh, the guy who plays uh, Randall's biological dad, William, and Th- This Is Us, is in the show. Um, oh yeah. I can't remember the, the actor's name or what his character's name is in Luke Cage. I thought that was kind of cool. He was in for a bit of the show. Also, Reg, Reg E. forgot his fucking last name. He died recently. He played Freddy in House of Cards. Uh, he, he played, in this season, Luke Cage's bi- uh, biological father. And well, that guy's last name is Rocket. Reggie Cathy. Oh. That's you sure it's it not Reggie Rocket? It's definitely not. Are you sure? <laughs> woogity, woogity, woogity. <laughs> Um, of course, Claire, uh, played by Rosera Dawson, returned for a few episodes. We had some newcomers to the cast as well. I already mentioned Reggie. Kathy, I I can't remember. The, I don't really know the actor's name, but we had some new characters at least. Uh, Mariah Stokes' uh, daughter uh, was in the show. She uh, she kind of plays... She plays a pretty pivotal role in the in the season. Uh, she starts off as like this. Uh, she's 
just like medical medical treatments with like herbs and stuff. She's kind of like uh, with with different uh, like experimental treatments, I guess. She's very hippie ish in that way. And then we had kind of the the villain of the season, or at least um, what appeared to be the villain of the season, was Bushmaster. Bushmaster. Who he takes advantage of some of these like medical herbs and stuff, and also some enchantments and stuff. And he he is able to. What you find out is he is able to. I wouldn't really say it's a spoiler because you find it out pretty quickly, but uh, he is able to manipulate these things into having strength and he can heal very quickly and things like that. So he is able to rival Luke Cage in his in his strength and, and vul- invulnerability, but he's also a really badass fighter, which is cool. He's able to do some cool karate moves and, and really offer a kind of a, a real threat to Luke Cage that you didn't get in the first season. A lot of the first season, the threats came from uh, Luke Cage's like family and friends, them you know them being harmed, and then also like through technology with some bullets and stuff uh, that that were special. But in this season, you actually got a, got some cool battles of Luke Cage, and and were really you didn't know if he was going to win or not. So that that was a that was a cool positive uh, of this season. Uh, some other some other things I really liked though. I did like the father. Uh, the father-son dynamic with Luke Cage and Reggie Cathy's character. You, you didn't really get much of that in the first season, and you kind of see why Luke Cage has turned out kind of the, the way he has in some of these some of these interactions with him, and uh, maybe even a, a little bit a little bit more of a development there with with his with his personality. Because um, Luke Cage has been the first season, and then Defenders. He was just he's just a very has been just a very kind of straightforward. You know, I'm the good guy, tough guy type of thing. You know, and you get to see more, more development in, in the way of of what's going on in his head. So that's kind of cool. Uh, some other, there's some other cool cameos in the show as well. Uh, we got Colleen Wing from Iron Fist as well as Iron Fist himself in the season. So that was kind of fun to see. Uh, those who know the comics know that Iron Fist and uh, Luke Luke Cage actually have a they have, they have a friendship and also a rivalry, which they kind of expand upon in this season. So that was pretty neat to see. Um, some other positives. Uh, Bushmaster, like I said, was really good. Um, I I thought I thought that the way they developed his character in terms of not being just a straightforward villain was was really cool, though. Uh, not just not along just the fighting, but just his his backstory made a lot of sense. And uh, Marvel's done a good job of that recently. Uh, with some of the with some of their villains, um, especially with the, the TV shows, but you know we th- we've talked about Thanos in the past, and they they they've they're on a good streak right now uh, with with Bushmaster as well. Did he snap? Yeah. Why? Because he said Thanos. Oh, <laughs> I'm not despairing yet. I um, thought it would work. Damn you! But yeah, Bushmaster he he has a, a nice backstory with his family that that makes you understand why he's doing what he's doing and kind of feel for him a little bit. And uh, his, even his relationship with Luke Cage changes throughout the season. So that's cool to see. So uh, there's really not a whole lot I didn't like. I think one thing that a lot of people online didn't like was the fact that the show was kind of slower paced. So that, and that's a big reason why a lot of people didn't like Jessica Jones. It, it This show was a little more action oriented than Jessica Jones was. Uh, there, there was, there was a little bit more consistent. Jessica Jones really didn't, it started the season and ended the season of the action, but in the middle there's nothing. And it seems like about every every other episode or so, Luke Cage had some cool action in it. So enough to keep me interested in that way. But really the story is what kept me going 
with the whole, there's kind of like a three-way struggle there with Luke Cage and Mariah Stokes and Bushmaster. That was really cool. Uh, again, you got to go more and more into the backstory, both uh, Bushmaster and Mariah Stokes, which was nice. Um, and especially with adding in the families and things like that. So um, in terms of things I didn't like, though, I guess that the maybe could have had a little bit more pace to it. And also um, the thing that really takes me out of the show sometimes is there's a lot of damn racial slurs. And mm. it seems it seems really unnecessary in some of the in some of the moments. I understand the music sometimes, you know, has it and maybe, you know, every once in a while. But they really overuse the N word a lot in the show. Um, so it, 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 I, I, I just think well, they are it, in Harlem, right? Yeah. But and still it's black folks saying it to each other. Yeah. But it's still just like very unnecessary. It seems like, yeah, I, that's a weird, well, that's a conversation for another day, but yeah. that's, I tend to forgive it more when it's that. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. It takes me out of it. Yeah. It's, it, that's really about it. I mean, the, the thing that I can that, that I'm most excited about with the show and the thing I really enjoyed was the finale and the ending. I don't want to spoil anything, of course, but it really, it left Luke Cage in a place where uh, there's some conflict with his character. And it's really interesting that they've taken a pretty one-dimensional character and, and added a lot to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see where the next season goes, especially, and kind of how they can have him interact with some of the other defenders now and how Luke Cage interacts with the city and and, and just see how his character really develops. Um, he's going to have a lot of interesting choices to make. And I, I really want to I, I really want that season to come sooner rather than later, because it's it's going to be cool. It's, it's, it's going to be something that no other Marvel show has done to, to this point. Uh, even a, even the movies. I mean, you have, don't really see the characters mm-hmm. go through the changes that he's going to go through. So I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. I think the the really the and again the season as a whole is really good, but the ending has got me even more excited. And, and uh, looking back on this this season is is a really a really good, even if it's just maybe just a bridge season, a really good season to watch. So I do kind of want to 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 shake things up a little bit with the TV corner. I'm going to start doing. Doing some ratings, I think, with the TV corner. So oh, some ratings. Some ratings. So we'll do out a, a one out of five. We'll do. We can do. I'll do whatever, and I can do points. You know, um, half half points or whatever. But um, we'll do a point system here. So I'm gonna give Luke Cage season two uh, four point two racial slurs out of five. <laughs> so that's uh, that's five of the n words, <laughs> and uh, I guess an ni. On the last one? Yeah. Maybe just an N on the last one? Yeah. Uh, we'll save you the trouble of having to listen to that on your speakers right now. So <laughs> uh, 4.2 out of 5, that's a good score, Seth. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I probably would have put like season one at like 4.4-ish. Like, sure. So not too far behind. I did I did slightly enjoy the first season more. Um, it just felt, I think the first season felt more, com- more complete by the end of it, um, even though I really did like the the way that the season ended with being more open-ended. I do also enjoy kind of a, a, a full season, uh, full close-ended season. And I, I thought the, fir- the first season was a really good introduction to the character as well and was, was definitely more fast-paced. Um, but this season, uh, I didn't really have too much of a problem with the pacing. Um, 
not as much action, but action, but some really cool development with the characters. That was that was fun to watch. So I think what's grabbing me about this four point two is a good a good score, but also it's got you excited for more Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. I think that's the impressive thing. Like you mentioned, he's a very one dimensional character in the comics and just in general. Um, Previously, he was more of just a lead into Defenders, um, and thinking about the Marvel shows. On Netflix, um, I know you're a big Jessica Jones fan. Mm-hmm. Daredevil's kind of on hold, not really under any defenders right now, and uh, Iron Fist kind of sucks. So <laughs> um, the fact that you're excited for more Luke Cage, I think, is the most telling part of what you're saying here. Yeah. I will say, too, that when they did have Iron Fist, Iron Fist in here, I it made me think that, because I do know that they green, greenlit a second season. Um, there is another season of Daredevil in the works as well. And I think they announced Jessica Jones season three. So they, they do have all these shows kind of in the works and in development and stuff, especially going over to Disney, uh, the Disney streaming service. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would much rather have Iron Fist be a part, a bigger part of Luke Cage sure. than have his own show. Because I, I loved those two to get together in this season. And it's only just one episode, but I loved watching them together. They had a really good dynamic. Um, there could be some really cool storylines they could, especially now with where Luke Cage is going. So um, I hope to see more of him in the second season. I hope maybe even he's... Uh, a, a large majority of it and, and potentially a, a plot point of the season. But yeah, I, I, I hope I hope they can build off the momentum with Iron Fist into his own season because I, I do like, because they even changed his character in, in this, just the episode he was in with Luke Cage. Is he interesting now? Um, a little bit more. I, I would say they, they uh, he's not just completely the whole uh, I'm from Kun Lung guy. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's he talked about what he's doing now with, with everything that's going on kind of post defenders uh and where his character's at so um i'm hopeful for the next season of that show because that show does have some really sweet action in it and uh they showed off some of that and there's some really cool team ups with those two and and just the the episode he was in so um i'm I'm excited to see really where the whole entire the whole entire marvel tv you know universe is going because after the defenders i was just a little worried but the jessica jones and luke cage i'm definitely back on board well, there you have it. Uh, Luke Cage, 4.2 N-words out of 5, uh, <laughs> now that we have the new scoring system in Seth's TV corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Woo-wee! <laughs> <laughs> we spent a while in TV. Let's wrap it up today with some movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. I know we have a couple things to review uh, that we saw over the weekend, but didn't uh, didn't ride home from. Um, I know you went you went to one movie on your own, and then uh, some idiot forgot the camera <laughs> <laughs> when we went to the other. Is one. that the editor? That, that editor guy. You God know, damn it! Here's editor. the thing. Like I said, people make mistakes, and we are supposed to forgive them. And you know, when we put a lot of, on someone's plate, sometimes they can't eat it all. And uh, that's what's going on with the editor over this last weekend. So Damn uh, it, I, I have full faith and confidence that he'll be prepared for the big show next week. Um, but as for today, um, before we get to those reviews, want to make sure that everyone, again, is aware of the YouTube channel. At Jared Buckendall. Where you can find uh, Rides Home from uh, from all the various uh, movies that we've been going to. Uh, we've got a few up this summer. Uh, we'll have more in the coming weeks. I know Ant-Man is coming up, so we're going to try and Ant-Man. get that one up soon. Um, so lots of fun stuff to be had over on the channel. And Jared, of course, he's reviewing it all. Um, I think recently one thing, um, one, uh, shout out that we want to give to Jared. He, he had posted a, um, a Stardust review 
um, which if you don't know Stardust is like a 30 second to a minute, I think you can maybe do a quick ass movie review and it's like another social media like thing. Like 30 seconds usually. Yeah, 30 seconds. And so uh, Jared's pretty active on Stardust and uh, what popped up on our, on our, uh, on our feeds last night uh, after having been to the movie uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? which is the Mr. Rogers documentary. And uh, Jared was uh, pretty emotional coming out of that movie. Um, it looked like it had affected him in a major way. And, and Seth, I know that's something you're going to try to get to see this weekend. You must be pretty excited about it now. Yeah, I, I was texting with Jared actually today, and, and I told him, uh, after seeing his reaction, I think this tin man might actually find his heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are an emotionless piece of garbage, but uh, hopefully, <laughs> wow. hopefully you can... Uh, Reveal to yourself that you do indeed have a soul and maybe squirt a couple tears of uh, tears of happiness or something. I'll be squirting all right. Well, all uh, all disgustingness aside, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll link to Jared's Stardust. At, uh, maybe we can link to his Stardust. I don't know if we can, um, but if you can't, quit trying to link to things. You can, all right, you can find him on Stardust at Jared Buckendall. So you can check that out. Uh, we're gonna review some stuff in a little bit, but first, Seth, what do we got in the news? Got some news. A little bit of news. A couple bits of news. Uh, one movie that I know you're excited about. Uh, coming up is Glass. I am indeed excited yeah. for Glass. We got a we got a nice poster for it, and it's um, dope too. Yeah, there's a cool little poster with all three of the main characters in it, um, and it just reiterated it's coming out January 19th. So uh, I wanted to make sure that's still on everybody's radar. It's coming out, so you're relatively soon. So yeah, this is a movie that is probably as of right now one of my high anticipated movies of next year. Of course, we're gonna have Avengers and Spider Man, but. Um, very, very excited for Glass. Uh, the way that they pulled off the twist at the end of Split, I think, was amazing. Um, tying into Unbreakable as it did. So Unbreakable. When you plus when you're going to have Bruce Willis, James McAvoy, and Sam Jackson in the same movie, and it's led by M Night Shyamalan, I am absolutely there on night one for this. I think a lot of people will be. I think this movie's going to do well. Um, so uh, yeah, the po- a poster is rarely something I get really excited about, but the fact that this is getting very, very close, um, less than six months away now. Uh, has me very excited. Well, another uh, another horrorish movie we've been talking about for a while is Quiet Place Two. Um, John Krasinski came out this week, so that he is officially going to be involved with that movie. We do know that he will be giving his input in one way or another. So probably have a hand in writing as he did in the first, um, mm-hmm. at least to some extent. This is good news. I think as long as the more more of the team you can keep intact from the first, the better, mm-hmm. um, because then you don't lose sort of the tone, the mood, and, and the uh, the spirit behind the movie. So th- I think this is welcome news. And then one other bit of horror news here. Um, it was just announced not too long ago here today that a child's Wait, play... Wait, today? Like yeah, like yeah. really recently? Yeah, like two hours ago. Like maybe? just a bit ago? Yeah. So would you say that this is breaking news? Break yourself, fool! And that's when you break! Tight. I haven't used that sounder in a while. I wanted to I was gonna say, you're really excited about using that. I really wanted you to hit a different sounder. <laughs> I should have. But uh, I don't do that on purpose, listeners. <laughs> um, no, so another horror franchise being rebooted, like a lot of them are. Uh, Child's Play, which is the Chucky franchise, is <laughs> in the works for a I reboot. I know this. And it is uh, something, though, that might um, imp- maybe affect your thoughts about it. The It producers are going to be at the helm of this. So, um, again, they, they rebooted it and made it into a, a critical and box office success, um, potentially maybe a, a child's play success as well. Well, if there's one thing they know how to do, it's, you know, kill kids. So I think, <laughs> um, 
and I, as I'm thinking about the tone of it as it relates to Chucky, I could see I could see a happy little medium there. Uh, Chucky is definitely more vulgar and uh, a little more um, a little more rated R, right? A little more bloody. Um, there's usually titties in his movies, so like <laughs> where it I think was was for a rated R movie, a little more friendly to young people and families. Uh, hopefully, Child's Play steers well away from that. Um, Child's Play, one of the classic horror staples, um, and and it's, you know Chucky, of course, one of the classic horror villains. Um, this could be interesting. I'll, I'll be waiting uh, to see who they cast as Chucky. That's going to be very important. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested in this. I am. Yeah, and apparently too, they from and it's an early synopsis as just announced. Um, the Chucky doll is going to be it's like technology gone awry. And it's going to be a bunch of kids. It's kind of like have the a Stranger Things type of, uh, like, uh, almost like it. You know, like the why kids. Why wouldn't it? Everything yeah. is trying to be Stranger Things right yep. now. So, I like well, that it's tech and not a voodoo spirit. I, that yeah. I can get behind. And that's the last bit of horror news. But one bit of news casting-wise that was officially announced today. It was or it's speculated for a bit, but officially announced today. Uh, I, know, I know a movie you're very, very excited for. Um, Top Gun 2 Maverick. Oh, uh, yeah. They announced that Goose's son will be played by none other than Miles Teller. Okay. And I did see a side by side of. I of love the, that. I saw a side by side of that today, and it looks pretty, pretty spot on. That's that's he. You know what? If anybody should be in Top Gun two, it's Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. I love that casting. I, I I wouldn't have thought of that, but uh, now that you're saying it, I love that. That's mm-hmm. that's yeah. Okay, I'm in. Yep. I wasn't <laughs> gonna see Top Gun two, but now I'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the news. That's all the news. Let's get into a couple of reviews. Uh, let's start with what we went to together. And that and that the other night was the new uh, basketball comedy, Uncle Drew. Uncle Drew. And I know what you're thinking. Seth, Raisin Balls, you guys usually go <laughs> to critically acclaimed movies, summer blockbusters, and the like. You rarely see movies like Uncle Drew that very clearly don't have very much of a right to be good. Well, I'm here to tell you folks... That Uncle Drew was a pleasant surprise, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very rare in today's box office that you're able to really go to a movie that that really understands what it is and is not trying to be more than that. And this is a straight-up comedy. The, a lot of the comedies that we've seen recently are trying to do other things in addition to the comedy. This this doesn't try to do much. It just tries to give you a couple laughs, show you some pretty cool basketball scenes, give you some puns based on the actors. I mean, this was just, it was just fun for a couple hours. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the acting was mediocre. Um, that's what you can, you know can expect out of a joke movie like this. With a bunch of basketball players as actors. Yeah, one Shaquille O'Neal is acting in this. Yeah, one of which starred in Kazam, so. Yeah. Um, Shaq, I will say, one of the better actors, though, in this yeah. movie. Um, not a lot of talent here, but the writing, I think, is funny, and it's it's goofy, and it's fun. And if you like basketball at all, then, yeah, it'll it'll play with your emotions a little bit if you love the game. Um, that's a big a big thing um, about it. But but even if you don't like basketball, just as a comedy, there's some funny shit in here. What, what were some of the what, – what stuck out to you about Uncle Drew, Seth? Yeah, no, was, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, really, I did – I was actually surprised by how well – they all pulled it off being these old dudes playing mm-hmm. basketball. Um, you know, Kyrie was Uncle Drew, Kyrie Irving, and he, I thought he did a really good job um, just being the character that he is. Uh, I did like Shaq as well. Um, Chris Webber, was, was he the, <laughs> He was great. He was the preacher. It took me a while to pick him out. Yeah. 
Chris Weber is the preacher, um, and then his wife was uh, Lisa Leslie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. They, she they was had, one of my favorite parts. Yeah, they had they had a good little good little thing going. Was that Nate Robinson as? Uh, he was the small the smallest guy. The shoes guy. Uh, boots, boots. Boots. Yeah. Who I didn't know. I went the whole movie without knowing that was Nate Robinson. Okay, I knew he was in it, and he was by process elimination. Um, who who I figured he was, and then uh, Reggie Miller was uh, Lights was his name, and uh, they all had a little thing about him that was really funny, and they played up to those those little little quirks really well. So I thought that was good. Uh, Laurel was pretty funny uh, as the uh, as the coach, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, um, Nick Kroll played the the rival coach, which the, their interactions are pretty funny. <laughs> Nick uh, Kroll, for my money, is the fucking perfect comedy villain. He's so good. He was the douche in Sausage Party. Um, he's a lot. A lot of he's the villain kind of in um, the League that mm-hmm. show. He is he is a fucking perfect comedy villain, and this he's is so, no exception. He's so funny. Um, so yeah, they they all just knew what they were doing, and they played those roles pretty well. Um, the sh- the movie was pretty like meta at times too. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like Laurel was having a, a he's in a dream, and it's it just in the background you hear dream sequence <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty good. He also referenced Get Out at one point. Yeah, um, the only thing I like. Obviously, it's not like great performances or anything like that, and and some of the writing wasn't great. But I really didn't like Tiffany Haddish's performance. Um, who I thought I'd, I'd like a lot and she wasn't super funny in this for me anyway. Um, I don't know how you felt about her, but I, yeah. I seeing cause she played just kind of a, she played like a more mean, meaner, per, meaner version of her character in girl's trip. Mm-hmm. And she definitely didn't have the same like lines and opportunities she had in girl's trip. Um, she wasn't on the screen a whole lot, but when she was, I just didn't, I just didn't think she was that funny. Um, I did like the the other female lead. I can't. I don't know who the actress is. Um, I think a relative unknown. Yeah, but I I liked her. I thought she yeah. was that she was good in what she was doing. Um, but yeah, as a whole, I just thought it was, thought thought it was fun. It was, it was pretty funny, and uh, they did a good job with the the. We were talking on the on the car home when we didn't have the camera on us. <laughs> um, that it's been a while since since we've been to a movie where you just kind of just given up like any sort of like you know, taking it serious, you know, mm-hmm. yep. and you just know what you're getting into it going in. And it's it been a while since we've gotten like that in a sports movie, especially, um, I think of like along the lines of, along the lines of like a dodgeball type <laughs> type thing. It's just like very, it's like a rags to riches, uh, doesn't take itself super seriously comedy, you know, and, and that's, it's kind of along those lines, it's like a basketball version of dodgeball almost. Yeah, I would say so. And it's, I love old people, dude. I love old people doing funny shit. I think yeah. that's great. Um, I would agree with you. Tiffany Haddish was underwhelming for me. I think that she had some. She had some good lines. Most of them were in the trailer, though. Um, her and Nick Kroll, I thought, worked pretty well together. But I th- they could have done a lot more with her mm-hmm. um, and spent a little bit less time on the basketball players who can't act. Yeah, uh, that that maybe could have helped the movie out a little bit. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, we're in agreement here. This is just a nice. It's just a nice break movie. Like this is a Sunday hangover. I just needed something to kill a couple hours. Like get out and see it or you know wait till dvd but this is a fun one like people should check this one out i think and it, it performed mm-hmm. better than expected at the box office last weekend big big weekend for the box office kind of surprisingly so yeah last weekend and uncle drew kind of rode that wave so and deservedly so i think people will enjoy this movie especially in contrast to some of the other things that are coming out right now mm-hmm. uh perhaps no other movie contrasts uncle drew more than what you saw 
on uh, Friday night. So uh, a big sequel, highly anticipated. Uh, I am not privy to this series, but I know it's something you were looking forward to. Yeah, so it's uh, Kyrie Irving stars in this movie as a drug lord. No, <laughs> um, no it's uh, Sicario 2, Day of the Soldado. Um, that wasn't bad. <laughs> so uh, Sicario, of course, came out a couple years ago uh, to very high critical praise. A lot of people even wa- thought it should be nominated for an Oscar. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I caught it a few months back, and I talked about it on the show as well. Um, movie, the first, first movie and this one stars Josh Brolin and Benicio del Toro. Uh, first one had Emily Blunt. She did not return to this one. Uh, this one is also written by Taylor Sheridan who wrote the first one, different directors this time though. Um, which could also, could be, uh, a little bit of the reason for some of the tonal shifts in this movie. But, uh, so basically it picks up, um, what would you'd assume, uh, after the first one left off, uh, we have, uh, both Benicio del Toro and Josh Brolin kind of work for uh, work for themselves, but they also work for the government. They're kind of hired by the government as uh, not really undercover, but just as a as a ghost type organization that they have the resources of the government to do things the government won't do. And if they are caught by anyone, they are not affiliated with the government anyway. That type of thing. They'll be disavowed. Essentially, um, only three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that movie's gonna suck. You suck. <laughs> so um, it starts off with what appears uh, basically there's there's some people trying to cross the border, um, the, the U.S. the US, U.S.-Mexico border. and Did they, they separate their kids from them? No, not not in this one. There are okay. no kids. Uh, there are actually some kids, but I don't think they uh, – that, They that weren't kept happening. in cages for – I'm sorry. I'll get off of it. Go on. <laughs> so um, turns out, though, that some of the – people who were trying to do this are involved with um, some religious groups as well, um, like, you know, Al-Qaeda type groups. And so we get Josh Brolin. That's where we get Josh Brolin involved here, where he's doing some interrogating of these people. And so um, basically off, and I don't want to spoil anything from either of the movies because they're, they're, they are definitely movies you should, you should go see if you're into these type of um, real, real life uh you know, like government, it, it is kind of based off of what you might actually see in a government, but uh, it's real life, real, real, real kind of gritty type of not really even action, but like suspense thriller of a uh, of a drug drug movie almost. But uh, basically, the cartels are involved again, and so we see we we see kind of a, a war with these with these cartels, and I don't want to. Don't want to get into how the, these the, these things happen because it is it is very integral to the story. But um, some things I, I definitely liked about the movie, um, of course, Josh Brolin and Benicio del Toro are great. They they reprise their roles very well um, in terms of their acting from the first one. Um, the the just the, the overall like grittiness, like I mentioned earlier, and and the, the when there is action, it's done done really well and done in a really real way, which I, I can appreciate because a lot of action movies like this will go over the top and and just be tons of blood and violence and gore, and this one doesn't do that. I mean, there's definitely blood, but it's not like you're going to be kind of skeeved off by it. So, um, I think that it, as a whole, the movie is, is shot very well. That they are there are some some night vision returning to to this from the first one, which are cool. Um, you even get to see like, which I really liked in the first one, that some like bullets flying in the night vision, where it like lights up and everything, ah, which is cool. pretty cool. 
there's some really beautiful shots of the landscape uh, that taking place down in the, the southern border um, and, and in Mexico as well. You can see some some cool desert shots. And they do a good job of, of showing when they are out in the desert how brutal it can be at times. I do think as a whole the writing was done well. Um, I think where, where the story does falter, though, or where the movie does falter for me is it didn't know – this one – didn't know exactly what it wanted to be compared to the first one. The first one, the whole time, was a very slower-paced, uh, methodical, every decision thought out type of um, you know crime movie. And this one started off like that, and it turned into more of an action movie about halfway through. And while that wasn't bad, you know, I enjoyed watching it. It didn't just didn't live up to the first one for me in, in that same that same vein. Um, I, I was expecting a lot more of the, the first one and I kind of, it, it changed, which, you know, is again, not a bad thing. It's enjoyable to watch, but there is just a lot more like gunfights and kind of, um, on your, you know, edge of your seat type stuff, as opposed to the first one, it's very just like real and, and, you know, like I said, methodical. So, um, kind of took me off guard. Um, I also did think that the characters kind of changed in a way that wasn't, to their nature of the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought they made some decisions uh, towards the end of the movie that it made sense in terms of the story. So the story is well-written, but the characters uh, weren't necessarily written super well and, and didn't act in the way that I expected them to. So again, not necessarily bad things, but it didn't live up to the first one for me entirely. So what I would say, definitely, again, check out the first one. Uh, first one is, is outstanding. Um, the second one is still very good, and they did set it up for... Uh, really a, a, a kind of a franchise here. So um, I think they just set it up for a third one. So um, you could a- you could actually see this one and not see the first one and understand everything that's going on because they don't tie in very much at all. They kind of reference the first one just a bit. Um, but I think as as, the, as it goes on and they go into another movie, I think it all you'll need to see them all. So definitely check out the first one, see the second one, and get ready for what I'm hoping is, is a good third one. Well, there you go. The Sicario, um, I guess, duet now. Between the two of them, very, very high praise for the first movie, uh, Very much, pretty much across the board. It's been a little mixed, uh, to your point, for the second one. Um, but but according to Seth, still something that folks should get out to see, especially if you liked the first one. Uh, these are movies that I have on my list. I wasn't able to make it to Sicario 2 because I wasn't able to watch Sicario 1 yet. I'm still hoping to do that and uh, and check out both. Um, uh, more to come. Maybe eventually I'll get to that and then I'll be able to put in my two cents. <laughs> Well, with that, uh, we're going to wrap up episode 51 of the show. We're going to be back next week for a very, very, very exciting episode. Um, it's going to be episode Why? episode 52, um, which if you're not aware, 52 is a number of weeks in a year. And so uh, next week will mean that it has been a year since we started the SoCo show, which is insane. And so every week for the past year, we have uh, been doing this and, and we'll talk more about that next week uh, but we very very much hope that you will join us next week for episode 52 um, we're trying our best to make this episode 52 a video show um, so it'll be available by video on YouTube or um, just audio only wherever it is you you usually listen so um, we're also going to release one special eight track version of the the show so yeah. get ready for that that's kind of the really tough part um, is getting it on an eight track so yeah. we'll, we'll see we're going to try to do that but keep an eye out on the Twitter page for any updates um, of course that's Soco Show Pod um, on Twitter or our personal pages at Seth O Otter at underscore Cody Michael just that's make not, sure that's not your Twitter handle 
Well, that's my Twitter handle. No. My name, though, is, is, is Raisin Balls. You need to change your name on Twitter. I'm not going to change my Twitter name. You have um, to. Make sure, especially this week, folks, that you're subscribed on YouTube. At Jared Buckendall. So that you can potentially see the video version. Um, otherwise, can continue to be subscribed uh, wherever it is you currently are. We don't want you to mess next week's show. Um, we got a lot in store. It's going to be a packed show, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. So, um, in addition, make sure you're checking out all of Jared's videos and the ride home on YouTube. Once again, that's at Jared Buckendall. Uh, we gave you the Twitter handles. If you have any uh, fun messages for us that you'd like us to potentially read on the anniversary show next week, uh, send those to our email at socoshow91 at gmail.com or uh, to any of the Twitter locations uh, that we mentioned a second ago. Also, Our DMs are open. Our DMs are open indeed. Um, whether they be uh, congratulatory messages, uh, hateful messages about how much we should stop, um, messages about how ugly we are and how we shouldn't be on video. Uh, any and all are welcome and probably we'll read a bunch of them on the show next week if you send them in. So uh, that could be a lot of fun. Um, also, last but not least, don't forget audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Of course, that's 30 days and your first audiobook for free. Hey! And uh, once again, this has been episode 51. Please, please, please come back and join us for a very special episode next week. But for now, this is Raisin Balls for <laughs> Seth Ott signing off, and we will see you next week. Bye. We'll actually see them next week. Maybe. It's going to be kind of cool. Yeah, Not wearing a shirt. If that fucking editor can get his shit together. <laughs> no pants. <laughs>